Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 225. Pretty sure I actually got the numbers right this time, because I was editing the last two episodes and I realized we had it right, but the uploads were wrong. So. Wait, so it says upload 223. Right. But that's which is, 224. I believe, I didn't do the last two episodes, which means this might be 226. Why don't we look on the podcast notes? Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, no. Let's go to... Because we have notes for a reason. The notes were wrong, too, which is why we said it. Let me look up the SoundCloud. We don't know whatever. Bear with know. me, listener and viewer. We are... I, we had all this time in which we could have figured this out. Yeah, like, but we've we... have been here for like an didn't. hour and a half, like... Uh, <laughs> at Cars and Caves or whatever it is. Well, we'll talk about that, too. people away from the garage. Yeah, I'm way too antisocial to have a garage open. I, I like how I you just, do. I did my teacher stance... And people still didn't uh, I, get the hint. A I, lot of the kids did. But I think that um, the I just started were waving. Like, Excuse me. This is two twenty six. Two twenty six. Okay. I think that it's important for somebody like you to have a garage open here, as you said, you are antisocial. Yes. Um, I think it's just very important for your own personal, like, mental development. It is. Mm. I think driving the Rolls Royce helps me way more because everyone's so happy. Yeah. About that car, and like I can't be my misanthropic you, you know, self when you know somebody how, approaches it. You know how the uh, Ferrari people like approach you and just like treat you like a wanker when yes. you're in it. Yep. It, it does not happen. The Rolls Royce. No, everyone's happy because the Rolls Royce is a cool car and it brings joy. And the, the Ferrari is not. It's boy. not a cool car. It's I, I like it, but it's not a cool car. The Phantom's very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the, my like I've said this time and time again, a cool car is a vehicle that brings joy. Like, it doesn't matter what car it is. Like, And I have Grey Poupon on the cup holder, and a lot of people notice techni- that. Technically, a Camaro ZL1 is a great vehicle by all, right. by okay. all metrics, but it's I not a cool car, so it doesn't bring joy. As it's happening in the moment, I love how many people squat just to take pictures mm-hmm. below the screen, and it's so cute. Good. Just don't come in anymore. Yeah, and we'll no, we'll talk about Cars and Caves later in. But anyway, let's get into a couple things before topics. The first one is our Patreon page. Yes, we should. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. Yes. You type it in the same way as it shows up on your screen right now. On this customized Patreon page, you will find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. Head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage and consider helping us out. Thank you. What happens if we put a backslash in it? I don't think it actually works. Uh, I'm going to try right now. Yeah, I'm curious. Because I have to like, look Patreon. for my forward slash, but they backslash or just do naturally. Uh, let's see here. Uh, carbitrage. The web browser autocorrects the backslash to a forward slash Ooh, there because there is no such thing as a backslash in a web address. I, I, I don't think <laughs> that would happen on that's, Internet Explorer. but Maybe not, but Brave and Firefox both do it. So Chromium definitely is like that, too. Um, anyway, beer. I'm drinking a Vorsteina Pilsner that Corey picked up last week. I'm drinking that too. This is actually my second one because there's like no alcohol. German Pilsner. Great. Yeah, it's yeah a, this is actually super good. It's a little bit more than a Rattler, but not by a ton. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. This is um, definitely awesome. It's about it's as drinkable as hams, mm. which is my garage beer. German ham. Yeah, I haven't bought hams in a while. That's a shame. I'm I like sorry. hams. I might get you some hams if you have a if you have a bonfire tonight. You leaving, Nolan? Oh. I'll let you know if, I, if uh, Bill messages you. Have fun driving back to Rochester in the mall trick. Oh. Mm. Have you tried not living in Rochester? Yeah, the wife hates it when I do that. Oh. Yeah, she's a, she's a fancy mayo doc, so. Oh. I see that you have a breadwinner. <laughs> it must be nice being a... <laughs> it must be nice being a house husband. I don't know yet. I'm still a patent attorney. I'm working on this. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Still a patent attorney. That's just like, that's a cover gig. Imagine being a patent attorney and a Mayo doctor and you drive a Volkswagen and not just some really, really dumb vehicle with a Mirage for reliability. I, I do like that Ultrak. It's a great V. Ve- it's objectively a good vehicle. It's a green on brown. It's like decladded. It's, it's a six really, It's a great car. It's a good spec. But like... I just know, like, with myself, with my current income level, like, I would totally have, like, the cheapest, crappiest, most fuel-efficient gas miser I could for my reliable daily, and then just fill my life with questionable cars, because now I can. We didn't include this in topics, but I saw it. Did you realize that the brand-new Mitsubishi Mirage has a $6,500 dealer markup on average right now because of the 2021 (laughs) car crisis? Ben mentioned that to me. I'm Wait, just like, what? yeah, yeah it, there's a markup on a new Mirage right now over 25, MSRP. $25,000. It costs as much as a camera. Ow. Now. Sorry. Mm, I think it's twenty one five for a yeah, base one. It's but like, wild. Yeah. Like, it, it's Camry price. I said that, Ben. I'm like, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the car. Because, like, the yeah. whole point of the Mirage is that the Mirage makes sense at that price point with Mitsubishi build quality. Yes, yeah. Like, that's why you get... That's also why you buy a Mirage. I mean, there are other You buy a fully-loaded Mirage, a Mm fully-loaded manual Mirage. Yes. uh, Because... Because you can't buy a new Kazashi. Well, no, it's 20,000... It's every option that Mitsubishi makes for $20,000. Whereas, like, if you get the slightly larger, like, Outback or something... Not Outback, Outlander, uh, that isn't... Well, that do you, doesn't make sense because you have like your, the knobs on your stereo coming off, and you just spent thirty thousand dollars on a car. True. I mean, yeah, it's. I think that is about ten grand more than a Mirage because their next like cheapest model is the Eclipse Cross, which is terrible, mm. and those start at twenty. Yeah. Which I mean, for a new car, is real cheap, but, but also way worse. You again, the, no manual. The thing is, is it, it's not even the manual. The fact it's a manual or anything else, it's solely Mitsubishi build quality. Like Mitsubishi does not have a build quality that. Like constitutes a vehicle that's worth a penny over twenty thousand dollars. Like Correct, which is why the Mirage is the perfect product yeah. for them to make. It's like yeah. this makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense at that price point. I would mm-hmm. be pissed if I bought a car for like I think you can get like thirty six grand for like every option on like uh, partial zero emissions Outlander. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's like upper thirties, and at that point you're still doing it. Like I'm not exaggerating. The knobs break off the stereo. You have your stainless steel door sill trim that rusts. Oh, so it's like the 409 grade stainless? Yeah, it's like barely stainless. Like, they suck. A like, couple of popular alloys, and one is designed to corrode. You, you spend, you spend $36,000, you open your hood, and it's, the engine bay is primered. They don't paint their engine bays. And I'm guessing they don't undercoat the cars either. No! They'll do any of that. And you're sending thirty six thousand dollars on this turd? Hell no! No, you get the you get the nineteen thousand dollar fully loaded Mirage, and it makes sense. I could see if maybe they offered MSRP cars right now, and the rest of everyone else has a markup, then they could sell that. Yeah, but they don't. No. Now they've got markups too. You can't do that. So Mitsubishi's like, look at me, I can sell a car. Mitsubishi can't do that because all right, you know what? They, their build quality is the exact same as it was in the nineties. Yeah, which like it was never good. Never. No. Nope. But in the 90s, you always had a car that was high performance to go with that. Well, yeah, because they spent all the money in the powertrain. Yeah, like they had a reason to say, yeah, build quality is not all that great, but you've got all-wheel drive and 280 horsepower. We can become famous by followers, primes, and viewers on big follows. Unmert 171755. Wow. Now that's a deal. Do a blowy on me. I'm very excited. Um, but anyway. 
uh, Mitsubishi's uh, build quality is does not necessitate a twenty five thousand dollar no. price. Like, no, no goodness, no. Stupid. Stop marking up mirages. Yeah, it, we'll just buy used ones. No, it, yeah. <clears throat> and the thing is, like, you can get like a perfectly fine used mirage for like four grand. Did Kua buy a new one? No, I don't think so. Okay, he posted a picture of a facelift mirage the other day. He just posted a picture. Of okay, facelift. all right. He does. Was it was it Kua or was it eh, Fabs? No, it was Kua. Oh, maybe he just posted a picture of it, or no, maybe it, his wife. Was it one. had white pair Mitsubishi plates on it, so I don't he know. He might have just driven by one. Uh, he kind of just goes to Mitsubishi and vicariously hopes that like one day somebody will trade in an Evo two, and then he can just like hope that he'll be able to buy it. I do feel like Kua does a lot of hoping, but anyway. Well, he's like, he's been looking for like an Evo two, but like. He's like looking for Evo two in the same way that I'm looking for a cappuccino, where it's like I really, really, really want one, what, but it has to... to be so exact in specification. I think he should just try to buy that 3.8 V6 manual swapped Mirage that we see. Well, he's just, he specifically wants the like an early Evo um, because I, like, can he afford that? Yeah, yeah, he totally okay, can. Who's right. got he, he 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 drives the Mirage not out of necessity but by choice. Ah, living so, under your means. Yeah, yeah he, he I used to do that. Means. It was great. <laughs> I much preferred that to now. <laughs> yeah, so he, he chose to buy to drive the Mirage. Fair good decision. This is a very good it's car. A very good decision. I, yeah. I for the first time in like over a year, I have no like credit card debt and I have money in the bank Whoa. after selling the E36. I'm like, oh, this nice. feels. Good. I should probably keep doing this. I'm immediately looking up other cars to buy. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm right now. I'm um, still rebuilding my nest egg from buying the Buick and like paying down some other creative things I had to do yeah. to get. It's not that I didn't have the money for it. Know, it's just I needed the money right now, and like so I had to move all this money around. And, and then that's it the just, money that you didn't intend to use for that, probably. Yeah, so. it, it was almost, insurance took so long. Yeah, oh my God. we did get the insurance back, which should help a lot for the accord but it doesn't help that my school is shutting down in a month so i'm trying to save as much and pay as much off of my debt before i lose my we've, oh, we've traded oh, places oh, where oh. i was living within my now, now i'm living like you i know like i don't I know if i'm living within my means but like right now i'm in a good spot that that, that is called living within my means okay, if, if i right. if i look at my checking account, see a comma at any point in time i have to because of mortgage reasons no no i i I see a comma very briefly. I pay my mortgage, and then I no longer see a comma. I am, I'm really good about paying on time, but like I know I'm also forgetful at really random times, and mm. I don't fuck with credit scores. So mm. like I always keep like a two thousand dollar buffer in there. God, be nice. But I'd love to be able to do that. I think from now on I'm going to keep a ten grand buffer in there because the last two years tax season has just oh yeah but fucked me like, yeah big time and i just like i don't want to de- i'd rather just live with not being able to touch that so my my trick is i have a my savings account in a completely yeah. different bank account a different bank i don't it, it, i have to consciously go to it to get money it out has of no it ATM location like i don't have an atm location it's rcu it's a huge pain in the ass hmm. to get money out of and that's actually a really good way because and then I just have like that's a, a really good idea. I have a minimum of two hundred dollars that goes in every paycheck into my savings account, and for me to go to it, like I have to take my lunch break, go all the way over to there, like a branch to a branch, physically get the money, drive to an ATM, put it into my bank account. Like it's a big, pay- it's a whole ordeal. Both my car this. loans are through a credit union, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Where it was like a cheaper interest rate if you opened an account with them. Yeah. So I bill pay into that account, and like it's full of money because like i just pay more than i need to in the car because yeah. again i know i'm gonna forget one month and yeah. i like a buffer so maybe what i should do is just use that as my um yeah tax it's a it's, it really really it works super well i've been having to like 
like I, it, that's I feel really weird. It's like I look in there and I don't see like a comma and a bunch of money in there because right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, like yeah, I usually I know, I know that noise. I do it too. I usually mm-hmm. have like enough money in that savings account. It's one month of every single bill that I have. So it, it's mortgage, it's insurance, it's internet, water, everything. Like it's if I get hit with every bill you could think of. Right. Then I. But it's the hundred year financial flood. Yeah, exactly. That that's what that's for. And right now it's empty, so I'm like. Well, it's not empty, but it's like six hundred bucks. More emptier than it should yeah. be. Yeah, it's like six hundred bucks. I hate that right additional now. stress, so I can one hundred percent empathize. But yeah. that's thank you for the idea. I'm gonna there, use that, I'm gonna use my credit union account tips. as my tax season. There you go. So that, that's I surprised that you weren't doing that. Yeah, there you go. Financial I, advice, genuine financial advice. Well, like, on I, split accounts are a really good idea, but yeah. like. If it's in U.S. Bank, which is my main bank, like I, I know I'm gonna just touch it. I'm gonna yeah. use it. Yeah, no, I, but like I, the other one is such a huge pain in the ass yeah, to deal I tr- with. Trust me, I tried to do that, and so what I actually do is like I use Wells Fargo, so I've got two accounts. I've got like bills, and then I've got like just like purchases accounts. Yeah, yeah. and like my bills account, like that's where I put like my mortgage payment mm-hmm. and like some bill stuff. Like it costs me twenty five bucks a month to keep that open. Whatever, it's fine. I'm I'm okay paying that yeah. ma- that maintenance fee. Maintenance fee, yeah. Like I, I'm really irritated that's through Wells Fargo. I just kind of hate Wells Fargo. I plan to leave, but I just they used to be so big in this market. Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah, then they they end up being just like a disgusting, horrible like company from some sort of dystopian, awful like yeah. Orwellian. They're book. funding line three. <laughs> I love the word Orwellian. <laughs> they're so awful. They're so the good. the worst company in the world. So yeah, I'm gonna go to somebody else. Yeah, they're um, funding line three, so it's just like. Ugh. I also have U.S. Bank for my mortgage, so I might go to U.S. Bank. Yeah, yeah. my dad better. uses U.S. I Bank asked them. for like, mortgaging. Like John works for them too, but he does mm-hmm. commercial side, right. and like the rates were super good. But like, I ended up going back through Chase when I refied last year because U.S. Bank's rates were like bad for me. I don't yeah. know why. Weird. Like my credit score is eight twenty. Like I should have no issue getting the best rate possible, but like I was just getting horseshit rates from them. So I, I see. Know. I was thinking about refining, but like now, I just my mortgage was at a very good place, and it's like even like with the rates are in. My credit score hasn't really moved much. I was gonna say I, when like, you bought rates were pretty good. Anyway, they were so. they were unbelievable for yeah. and like my credit score was objectively a little bit better actually. I'm not gonna lie, it was like sixty points better. Well, so it's probably the hard inquiry from when you bought the house. Yeah, yeah that. it's that, and then like I at the moment have a slightly higher debt load. So I'm just like, that's oh. why. Yeah. I noticed that that made a really big difference when debt I load's huge. When I put five grand on a credit card, it went down like a hundred points. I'm oh like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's kind of what happened to me. I didn't put five grand on it. I put a G on it, and that like it like went down like sixty bucks. Like, oof. Like, I, that just still blows my mind. I'm like, like, like oh, total utilization is what they look at usually. Yeah. And like, it was still relatively low. It was still in like on Credit Karma. There's like three yeah. tiers, and it was still the green tier. Oh, mine's very red. Okay. Right, well. <laughs> that, that's why mine went down. The only reason it wasn't a yellow tier is because I still have a student loan account open, but it's zero balance. Mm. But like That's it's weird. it still registers, so it's still like a really old account. Yeah. I never touched it, but like I, I know I, I know for a fact that since my family's in finance, they figured out a way to do that to yeah. help my credit. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I I live like more fast and loose than you do. I yeah, trust I me. If it was left to my own devices, I would be just a complete. Also, my my wreck. other thing is like I live like really fast and loose. So like you're living by comparison to accountants, I'm living by comparison to people that weren't aware if they had an adjustable rate or a fixed rate loan. Good until lord, last man. year. Good we lord. We had to ask oh, no. them, and they had to look it up. I said, "How did you guys not lose the house during the recession?" Because it was. <laughs> Adjustable. ARM rates during it, 2008. Yeah. My parents had an arm. 
Like, what? And, like, two Manic Sock Honor cards during the 08 recession. So after seeing them survive that, I'm like, I can get through anything. I'm invincible yeah. by comparison. And my mom is also... I'm invincible! <laughs> yeah, like, I like, You're I like Boris my, and girl. I look at, I look at my parents, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I can get this handled. Yeah. My mom is also a financial advisor, so I'm better off, but I tell her to, like, leave me alone and, like, figure it out, because I... I have ADHD, I have, I have impulse sure, issues, sure, 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 yeah. so I need to kind of, like, fail in order to, like, figure it out, and I did, because I accidentally uh, dropped a job, a, a contract job that I lost, like, all the money I'd put on my credit card to do oh. the job, oh. and I was going to get reimbursed for that, and I didn't finish that research. That's so. unfortunate that you have to do the hard knocks way, but I, I get it. Yeah, yeah I didn't do So now I'm like, mm. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm like coming from such a low level. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, so this is the bare minimum to get by in life. I just need to do better than that, and I'm yeah. okay. So oh, yeah. we're going to call parents... that a moonshot. Yeah, I'm doing the moonshot here. <laughs> I'm like, I I... if my credit card utilization is below 50%, I'm doing great. Like, I just ask for a higher limit of that. If, that's if, if mine's below 50%, like, then I'm like, I'm telling people, like, oh, my credit card utilization's 49.8%. <laughs> and they're like, uh, like, that's a bit high. They're like, that's really high. I'm like, yeah, but you should see my parents. <laughs> that's, it's not a good litmus. It's not a good metric. I'm like, yeah, but uh, I'd do better, so <laughs> fixed rate mortgage. Yeah, like, they thought they could get an entire kitchen at cost. Right now? Oh, I will tell you all yeah. about that after the podcast. Okay. I, don't, I do not want to talk about that on the podcast at all. But um, because but that's that, a little bit more just, of a private thing. That's yeah. just like um, w- their thought process is. So, speaking of the reason why I'm a little bit tight on cash right now, sure. about Jana Buick. 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 Uh, over the oh, last yeah. couple of weeks, I've taken time to like kind of like get into it, so because I'm waiting to pull the gas. Is the carbonator out. done? Carbonator, it drove great for a while. Good. Um, it's got flat spots in the wheels, and it took a plug of rust out of the gas tank and uh, plugged up the. I forgot about the fuel tank. Fuel yeah, delivery yeah, yeah. system. Okay. So I got to pull out the gas tank, and I've been. I was hoping I would be able to like comfortably be able to afford it another gas tank and it's going to happen after Janice is done with her job and she really wants to drive the car to her job at least once before honk before wow. uh, yeah that's weird rude but, um, yeah she wants to drive her job or the car to her job so I'm just going to clean out the fuel tank and I'll put a new one in later let's um, put like eight fuel filters in it in parallel which we discussed yeah. yes. it might work <clears throat> no I'm going to just I just need to I'm drive gonna, it down highway 100 I'm just going to Pull the fuel tank out and clear the rust out. And, it should work. And yep. then I'll pour 15 in it, and then I'll be good. Yep. Um, but anyway, while I was procrastinating on that part, I said I wanted to clean out the trunk. And the trunk was absolutely full of... I've showed you photos of it, right? Mm. I need to show you a photo of this. And we're going to play this game. Really was it full like of dead bodies? No, but it was like a Soviet... It was like a Soviet tenement. Nesting for, dolls? No, it's a Soviet tenement for squirrels. Oh. Like, multiple squirrels were living in there. Oh. But they helped keep the trunk from rusting. Yeah, we... Did they? Yeah, it, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll so get to it. Mo- One second, honey. <laughs> I'll tell Sorry. you in a little bit. I just get That's really That's what excited. it looks like. It looked like at the beginning. Full. That is a lot of nuts. Yeah, full of nuts. It's totally nuts. It's totally nuts job. That is so nuts. It was a it bodega was... full of nuts. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> this is getting weirder, but I'm, I'm into it. It now looks like this. Wow. Squeaky clean. Wow. There's a, a total of six inches of rust holes in it. Surprisingly good for a 1961 Especially Buick from the set outside. 
from the state. It's a Minnesota car since now. Yeah. Like, it's a DSO with St. Paul. District sales office. Sorry. It, so it was delivered to Minnesota in 1961 and has lived here since now. Okay. And there's no rust on it. I have no idea how. It's a miracle so car. somebody had another car that they drove in the winter. Or was it pretty, like, road salt, maybe? I have no idea. Because, like, this was driven up until four years ago as a daily driver. Up north. Well, then, a lot less salt up north. I guess, so. yeah. But, like, up north was a daily driver. Like, in, around, like, Detroit Lakes. Field. And then, like, no, it didn't sit in a farm field. It sat next to a barn. Yeah. But it was wild. But anyway, we're going to yeah. play the game. How many walnuts were in the trunk of that Buick? There were a lot. I mean, just from that little photo I saw. How many, how many would you guess? I originally guessed without seeing pictures, and I guessed 72, and that was a f- very right. small fraction of the amount of walnuts. I made the mistake. I could not figure out what the hell was going wrong with Google Docs, and I was adding my topics. I'm like, why won't this cursor show up? And it was blinking in white, so I know what the answer is, but I'm still going to make an educated guess yes. based on that picture, which is, well, like 140. I'm going to say... In the left quarter panel, between the quarter panel and the trunk, behind yeah. the fireboard, there was 350 there alone. How did you have enough patience to count that? Because the way of dealing with that was I was using a shop vac, and I was taking them out one by one with a vacuum. I'd, I put a really small like little tip on it, and I'd suck it up, and I'd drop it in the garbage can next to me. He was playing a fun game while I was working. I had, I had a whole evening to myself, and I did not want to do anything else. I bet the all. motor on that shop back was on fire when you were No, done. it was fine, actually, because there was still air getting around it. Oh, okay. So, uh, walnuts are surprisingly good for vacuuming up, because they have that ribbed edge, so they really like to suck up, but they'll let air around. Weird. It, like, it, honestly, it's my favorite nut for Welcome vacuuming. To the, it's also arguably my favorite nut for eating. Really? Well, I love walnuts. I, I will remember that because I have a walnut tree in the backyard, and I'll I try to catch them. So, very cool. I don't even know how that's done. So, uh, my thing is this year I'm gonna put a little like, not really a tarp, but like some sort of cloth, sure. like between my garage and the tree, like a nut and, hammock. Yeah. A nut hammock. Yeah. I'm put. A, Otherwise, they'll hit what us in the head. Frenchists wear to the beach. Yes. Um, I'm gonna get a nut hammock, and then I'll have them. What a great word. I'll have them drop into that, and I'll collect them. So that'll work. But anyway, uh, in the entire so trunk 350. was in the quarter panel alone. Oh, so that wasn't that wasn't yeah. even part of the image I saw. No. No, that was behind the fiberboard that you saw. Oh. Okay. That's a lot. How oh. much how many pounds? It was about forty five pounds in nuts. Oh. The squirrels were busy. I'm, I estimated. I'm going low on my estimate, and my estimate was eight hundred and fifty nuts. Uh, oh walnuts God. are not small. No. Nope. And that's a pretty big trunk. Yeah. Okay, all right. Because behind all of those fireboards was full of nuts. And then <sighs> what you saw there was actually weirdly mostly insulation from other cars. Not from this car. Because insulation in this car is fine. Like, they did not touch this car. <laughs> they just got into the trunk. <laughs> like, they, the inside is not... Yeah, been, the inside's fine. Squirrels like, are like, no, no, I don't shit where I eat, bro. Let's yeah, go get some other car insulation. Like, like, like there's like insulation. Yeah, because like my from automatic the 90s, Accord, so. Ron, also had a Ronit problem, and it smells awful. Yeah, the Buick, which obviously had any. an even worse rodent problem, doesn't smell at all. Also, just all the like insulation on the car you see is, is completely fine. untouched. There's no rips in the interior. Like, <laughs> it's really weird. It's wild. So, like, obviously there were other cars that they were getting their insulation from and putting it into the Buick. Right. No, I mean... This car is just wild. I love it. But, it's um, amazing. Yeah, there's about 850 uh, walnuts that were... <laughs> I, I was very wrong. 
No. By about a, a factor of seven. Yeah, I guess Jan- 72. <laughs> so like a factor of 11. for Yeah, yeah Chandler's like, like mega uh, off. I was like, oh, uh, I'm like, put a zero behind it. It's a lucky it. number. Yeah, she's like, 72. I'm like, put a zero behind it. She goes, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But no, it cleaned up. It cleaned up really nice. I see um, that. The trunk looks pretty good. Yeah, and actually, so the walnuts kept the trunk from rusting because the only areas where there's rust in the trunk are where there was no walnuts or insulation. That doesn't make any sense because I figured those would trap moisture. I think that's what they did, though. They took the moisture They, from... they pulled the moisture and trapped it inside so it's like of them. like a desiccant or something. Yeah, and so... Huh. Because, like, the spare tire well, like, should be completely gone. Yeah, no, yeah. And mm-hmm. the inside of the rockers, or the inside of the quarter pounds should be completely gone. Yes, they should. And they're solid. <laughs> there's... A area behind the trunk latch yeah. where there was where there were no nuts that has a area of rust about that big, hmm. about three inches squared. Yeah, about that's eh, four, four by two section of rust. So um, eight. Yeah, eight, eight, eight square inches there. I guess so there's more than six. I, I'd say six, like in a with a ruler. Um, and then there was like another like two mm. inch section on the forward driver's side section of the trunk well. Okay, and that was it. Like it's a surprising. Like, I would totally haul with this trunk as it is. Like it's solid. Like there's like obviously surface rust and like well, just just put like something long by the rust holes and then you can load it confidently. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I'm fine. Like I think I could probably get away with just doing patchwork mm-hmm. with the trunk, which oh, I'm yeah. thrilled with. Um, and yeah, you saw that the trunk line that the trunk mat came out great. I just hit that with some purple power and on garden I'm hose. partial to simple green, but purple power is decent. I was using purple power because that's what I use in my... Purple power. I use that in my ultrasonic parts watcher, mm-hmm. and it works better in simple green. With ultrasonic, I should... The jug down there, it's the stuff we bought for the $50,000 parts washer in uh, Medina, mm-hmm. but yeah. they sell it to people that just have whatever. I should tell you what that is because yeah. that stuff... I'd be interested. It cuts... So much better than Purple Power. I tried that too. But yeah, Purple Power mm. works better with the ultrasonic washer. Because I've used Simple Green with it. And I, it's because it's being agitated as opposed to like mm-hmm. scrubbed. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, dissolve in the water. It doesn't homogenize nearly no, as it doesn't. well. Well, I just run straight. Oh, you just do nothing but degreaser? Yeah. You're supposed to dilute it a little bit. Anyway, Probably. You should try this shit. It's really well, good. Well, the thing's also being, it's being agitated for three minutes at most. Well, right. But it doesn't, it doesn't nucleate properly. So Here I am. Rocking like a hurricane. Yeah. Let her rip. Can I can I talk about the theming of the Buku? Yes. Buku. Okay. So I've come up with a theme and it's semi era correct. So my favorite shoe brand is Vans and my favorite colors are black and red, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a Vans themed little okay. Buick. Cause like I want because the seats are a little, the web, the leather is like a little worn. Vinyl. Vinyl. Don't, don't yeah, give them credit. Okay. Vinyl. I would not even call it Nagahide. It's vinyl. Okay. <laughs> whatever. The seats are a little like weathered, but not like terrible. But I mean, I, my legs stick to them. So I always, I want a blanket in there. And I found like a Vans like 50th anniversary blanket that's like black and white checker. To be honest, it would probably sponsor you. Probably. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and then, so, like... A Start little... building up the social following now, so you got something yeah, to pull. Yeah, the little black and white vans, <clears throat> and then, like, a, a little kawaii, because I found a little, like, what, Tsurukawa? Tsurukawa. Su- yeah, I can't speak. Um, that's, that's, like, a little mm, broken sorry, heart. That's me. 
It's all good. It, it's, a, it's a little broken heart, and it's black and red, and I went, oh. One second. It, it's cute. So, for those of you that don't know what a Tsurakawa is... Which is, is me, essentially. Yeah, I saw your face. And probably anybody that's into European cars. I, uh, I silenced the weeb chat portion of my I, yeah. Discord. So, or really anybody that's not into specifically Bosusoku like and Shakatan-style classic Japanese car builds. A Tsurakawa is traditionally a Japanese subway handle oh, that okay. is removed yep. from the subway cars. The plastic thing. Yeah. And what is done, it, oh, okay. what, what it's actually used this. for is it's a leveling tool they use. And they'll put it on the two uh, tow hooks on the back of the car. And when they're cutting the springs, they'll make sure that the springs are level. Wow. And then they leave it on the back of the car to show how low the car is by comparison. And but I'm not going to put it on the back of the car. I'm going to hang it from the mirror. Yeah. But that, oh, that's, whoa, that's a, that's a primary offense in Minneapolis. That's, You're that's going to get tra- shot. That's I'm traditionally not, what they're... I'm not going to like leave it up when I'm driving. It's just for sure. But that's that's what it's traditionally used for. Because I follow laws. Oh, me too. I would never break a traffic law. No, never. It's, it's bad. But yeah, so it's going to be Naughty. Vans theme. And uh, you can build your custom Vans on the website. So I'm going to make Vans to match the my car. Buick. Yeah. Which is super extra, but I'm like, I, I love black and red. So I think, I think between Vans and like Moon Eyes, you could probably get most probably. of your project like sponsored between them. We'll see. We'll figure it out. But that's send that's a my, lot of emails. Yeah, yeah that's a that's lot my ads. idea, so. and I'm excited about it because I think that would go over. Also, with, well. with helping out with this whole project, um, at least my part, I'm trying to do in Japan. They have Yankee style, which is where Japan does American car stuff. Oh no. Well, it's actually it's it, it's very you know how Japan does really good lowriders. Well, I, I don't in know. Japan, I, I know like Bozozoku stuff is slammed, so, but so like when you build like a lowrider in Japan, like you have to have a lot of money to do it. So if you okay. make a Japanese lowrider, like it's perfect. They're always perfect. So if you look at like hashtag lowrider on Instagram, usually they're from Japan because the quality of vehicle that you're getting out of Japan versus America is much higher. It's amazing what happens when you have like vehicle inspections. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, with Yankee style, which is Yankee, um, <laughs> I know, right? Of course it is. <laughs> uh, with Yankee style, uh, they have like a huge rockabilly like thing, and actually, God. Moon Eyes they make more money out of Moon Eyes Japan than they do in America. Out of like their selling of like performance parts for American cars, hmm. because the Japanese, but Japanese buy everything for them, and so they don't have like Summit.jp. No, they, they oh, like they have that's indivi- a missed they're, opportunity. They're literally individual shops. It's like super cool. Like you have to like go to like Okinawa to go to like Moon Eyes Japan, and then all like Moon Eyes's website. But um, yeah, so they have an like, actual unique style that's come about from their style, their interpretation of American like cl- like custom culture. So I kind of like as far as like doing the performance parts and stuff. Like I'm obviously I'm running them all past you yeah. first, but like the Surikawa and stuff like that would be. On, like, on kind of brand for that. I just, so it's I like Americanizing it's pizza. I gotcha. Making Kinda, it yeah. better. You make it better. Yeah, and that's exactly what Moon Eyes Japan did. So, like, you see their cars. I and just like, want it to be cute. It's like, th- there's their Harley that they have. It's like a perfect Harley Davidson. Does it not misfire? I, probably. They probably have a running like normal because they don't, they never heard a normal one. <laughs> I hope that it doesn't have the split pin 15 degree odd fire firing order because I really hate that. 
But uh, here they actually have a 61 Buick LeSabre, which is the two-barrel carburetor version of our car. LeSabre. Yeah. LeSabre. LeSabre. And the only thing that Jana said no to is they originally made the footprint gas pedal. I really want one, no. and Jana hates them. I that say is absolutely so boomer. not. I want a footprint absolutely gas not. pedal. I'm, I'm going to put one in the Fiat. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> they just Fiat. They give me so much... Anxiety. Uh, anxiety, and they just, I just hate them so much. It's just so I'm cringe. Not... It's like those fake dolls that boomers lay up against their cars yeah, at back like, to the fifties. Those are terrible. Yeah, that's, that's why... what that is. Well, that's... the footprint gas pedal always had a reason because you need, you wanted a wider gas pedal for when. Why? I use my toes. I can't. I can heal toe in a Fiat five hundred. I don't need wide pedals. It makes it easier though. It doesn't matter. I like also, a challenge. Also. In American cars, Fiat 500, all your pedals are right here. They're yeah, but they're be... also this big, and American pedals are like dinner plates. Yeah, and they're like the space of this table away from That's each fine. other. I There's can a reason t- you put a wider one. Nah, I can heal toe in a 60s anyway. American car. Mm, yes. But yeah, basically, I want to be able to it's bring Lello. the car to back to the good. 50s, and from afar, old men be like, oh, that's really cool, and then look in it and be like, oh. What the heck? Yeah, I, don't, I, like, yeah like, I want to actually be like really good, but like also like, something wanna... that's like... Can it, yeah, like, I want to be able to get in it and people not ask yellow. me if it's my boyfriend's car. Yeah. Because I should probably put some vinyls on it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my car vinyls. matching tattoos to me. I don't want vinyls <sighs> at all. Uh, all the vinyls, vinyls. Vinyls don't need to happen. Please. Fine, pinstripe it then. I don't care. Okay. I'll hand paint it. Pinstripes. Myself. I'm into pinstripes and le- hand lettering. We can do all in of the pinstriping and hand lettering ever. Oh my god! But anyway, let's move on. All right. Electric. More American things. Yeah, I was going to say, so far it's an all-American episode, and it won't end that way, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've been dailying my Model S, I think, for about two and a half years now, and I have noticed I, I don't always level 3 charge it, which is supercharging, but I do take the car on a lot more road trips than most EV people do, mm-hmm. and since I've purchased it, I have noticed that the charge rates have slowed significantly since I bought it. So mm. when I first got the car, it would if you plugged it in with a hot battery at like 10 or 20%, you would get roughly 120 kilowatts of charge power, and that would last until about 20 or 30% where it would start tapering off. And then by the time I got to maybe 65% of my battery, it would finally drop below this 50,000-watt mark, which is kind of what it stuck in my brain when I got the car. More recently, the last couple of years, I've noticed that I almost never see over 100 even on a really low battery. And by the time I hit 50%, I'm dropping below that 50,000-watt mark. So it's like 15% shifted from what it used to be. That and like, sucks. I know. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to assume that the car is it's calculating how much I've done. And like, it's a lot higher mileage now than it was when I bought it. So I figured it was maybe that. How many miles are on it? It now has 98,000 miles on it. And I bought wow, it with 38 okay. two years ago. So you put 60,000 miles on it. Also, yep. I drive that car an awful lot. My other issue here right now, you are having any sort of issue whatsoever Mm -hmm. below 200,000 miles. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the the battery... I feel that every car should be completely trouble-free until 200,000 miles. It's not 1961 anymore. No, I think 120. Because there are still parts that you just can't engineer around, like a ball joint or something like that. But 120, you should have no issues. Ball joint suspension stuff, like, that's wear items. That's what I mean, though. This right here is not a wear item thing. This would be the equivalent of... This is over-the-air updates at work. 
Yeah. Which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it because that car is famous for having limited, you know, lifetime connectivity yeah. over the air updates where they improve the software and this and that. I've had mm -hmm. tons of firmware updates on it. But like these updates also, I'm completely at the whim of the company that made the car. I can't elect to not do it, mm -hmm. essentially. I mean, you can, but you can't because they won't service your car anymore. But I mean, it's these updates that have for whatever reason, they claim it's to prolong the life of the battery pack as you supercharge it more and more because it's hard on the batteries, which I don't buy for a second because there's a ton of batteries to split that load on. I think what they're doing is trying to slow it down enough where you get angry enough where you think about buying a new Tesla instead mm, where supercharging isn't free. Exactly. I think that's yeah, what that's that is. That's exactly what that is. That's so dirty. there was apparently some sort of lawsuit that came up and Tesla settled at $1.5 million payout, which isn't that high. Mm -mm, and know, it equates to 650 bucks an owner. My car is not included. Uh, also, I'm really happy to see that Tesla's really bringing out the good old American spirit with automobile manufacturing. Oh, yeah. You make it as poorly as possible. Yep. And then you rely on the fact that you have no competition. And as soon as any competition comes out, you're really screwed and you go running to the government. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's going to happen Yep, here. especially with the new, probably, tax credit coming back for the EVs, and Tesla's going to reap the benefits from that again. Yeah, it's the same well, thing. But I mean, like no, this... I mean, they are, but I mean, the thing that when I say we go running to the government, I mean bailout. They're oh. going to have a bailout in the future. I don't know. No, like, they will. It's totally. such a meme company, and it's so yeah. well-funded from all the investors. At, at the moment, now. But what happens when Elon Musk dies? I don't know. I, they're gonna not be a meme company anymore. They're gonna be a real company. Sure. If, if it, Tesla goes away, fine. It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, they're really bringing out the American spirit of making shit as poorly as you, as absolutely poorly as you can. It's a W140. It's a very good W140. Um, you just out the yeah, phantom. you you make cars as poorly as you possibly can, and then you just get a bailout when people don't buy it because it sucks well i mean it, it's a good product but like they, the they constantly no it always has been but they constantly increase in, increase the price and then they reduce the feature set and the quality well, that's what i'm saying at the moment and it's, it's at the moment it's a good car yeah. but yeah you have these death by a thousand cuts that happens yeah. with american mm -hmm. cars yep and american cars they don't have one catastrophic failure it's not like a german car where you have like a series of catastrophic failures that happen, and then people buy the car anyway for some reason. Um, <laughs> well, brand loyalty, I mean, yeah. and Tesla's already got this as a 10-year-old yeah. company, but, I mean, it, it can go away just as quickly as it comes. Yeah. And I'm just it, very frustrated that they're named after one of my favorite inventors, and they're not I know. doing as anything, great as uh, anything know. like and him. It, yeah, they're not doing anything <laughs> in his namesake, which makes me really upset, because if Tesla was alive, he would be so upset. They really should like, call why aren't you giving away all this? Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> um, I should just put a Westinghouse logo on my car. You totally yes. should. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I've got Westinghouse television. I can oh, throw you. Oh, my God. <laughs> we can take the logo off my, off my TV and throw it on your Tesla. It'd be perfect. See how many people get that joke. <laughs> but, um, oh, wow. No, I, like, with, with Tesla, like, Buick, Buick wasn't always terrible. Like, Janet said, there's a difference between... Our car in a modern Buick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Buick. I will, not the same thing. I don't care how long Buick, I have Buick's my Buick. I will tell everyone that I hate Buick, and they're going to be very confused. I will, too. I will say, I hate Buick, and they go, you drive one. I say, I like nail heads. I don't like Buicks. Like, I like a very specific era of Buick. But it's one of those things where 
yeah, Buick made the Nailhead. It was great in its time. Amazing. But they also... Wonderful. They used a rope rear main seal to oh, make yeah. it leak. Like, on purpose. They Those two-part rear mains, man. They chose to make the exhaust manifold out of cast iron and the engine out of cast iron mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it would expand and contract to correct the exhaust manifold. Mm. They've made these decisions to make the car less reliable. Mm-hmm. And it came to a point in, like, the 2000s where it was like, yeah, they were running a plastic intake manifold on an aluminum head, and the aluminum head would expand way more than the plastic intake manifold. It would rip huh. open the intake manifold Strange gaskets. Strange how those gaskets failed, and, and then, they started mixing coolant into the intake. And then they all the 3800s and all the 3100s had intake manifold issues. Also, Dex Cool on top of that. Yeah, which, like, okay, like, they're trying... I'll give them the benefit of the down Dex Cool. But the thing is, this is when I say a death by a thousand cuts, none of these were massive issues at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It was an issue far off in the reliability of this vehicle. Because what happens is you have this small issue that's a big pain in the butt for somebody that has got a 160,000-mile Chevy Malibu. Yeah. But then they look at their friend that's got a 160,000-mile Camry. There's nothing happening with the 160,000-mile Camry. It's the Mercedes. I was going to say, again. I think that's an S420 or an S500. The starter oh. didn't sound cool. So Yeah, my my grandpa had like a 90s Buick, and then he got a Lexus. The quality yeah. was drastically different. That's a very different thing. The Lexus a lot of people still... did that. My grandmother went from a 97 Park Avenue Ultra to an ES330, and she's like, whoa. Yeah. This is much, much better. In every way. Yeah. Yeah. And, so when I say death by a thousand cuts, I'm not saying Tesla's ever going to be the sort of company where they have like a, a Hyundai like a Kona main, issue, right? Like where a main the systemic in, where issue. The, the whole motor isn't working correctly. Although Tesla's had a bunch of motor issues. In They're also again early adopter thing. So, yeah. Like I, I'm not going to ever blame him for early adopter weird stuff with motors, but like the firmware updates, that's totally. Tesla being a gross company. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's 100% that's them being a gross company. Trying to shove you into a new Tesla, which I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to steal one that's going to rust. I want my crappy old one with all the free stuff. Yeah, and that that's the thing. Again, they're making them out of steel now. It's the death by a thousand cuts. Well, the Model 3 and Y are steel. The S and X are still aluminum, but, like, but I don't want a new S. There's nothing that that car offers that this doesn't to me. Yeah, and so that's where you, again, run into this death by a thousand cuts where they're trying to, you know, planned obsolescence. It's also going along the lines with um, where people nowadays want new cars. Like, they don't want to keep their old cars. We're in a a vastly different society now than we were in the 60s, yeah, Yeah. where people don't Mm -hmm. fix stuff. So, I mean, that carries over to cars, too, but... That's one of the few industries that's actually carried on pretty similarly, other than computers, really. Mm-hmm. is like people are still fixing their cars, but like they're not taking it as far as they used to. I think an- another item here is that um, with planned obsolescence, the automotive manufacturers, they've had this technology to make a better car. Yeah. yeah. And they've chosen, instead of to put it all out once, trickle it down. Well, and I mean, you have it's a trickle of improvements. Publicly traded companies. I mean, it's it makes you more money to do that. So whether they want to or not, and also that's not an engineering forward thing anymore. It's a marketing forward thing. Well, I count, here's like an example of kind of what I'm talking about. Again, a marketing thing mm-hmm. is let's look at the carburetors on old American cars. Uh, you had a hand crank, you had a manual carburetor for a long time. 
Like choke? Yeah, choke. Yeah. Manual choke mm -hmm. carburetor. And then in the 50s and 60s, we had a thermostatic choke carburetor, which is actually really, really cool. I highly recommend looking into it. But thermostatic choke carburetor has a little... Uh, Probably a bimetallic strip yeah, or something. Yeah, a coil spring that heats up with exhaust gas, and that will close the choke once the engine warms up. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, yeah, close it. It'll make, make, make it open not it. Too, yeah, open it. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, Thank close you. the choke for more yeah, enrichment. My yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I was just looking at my, in my brain. But anyway, yeah. So you'll open it as it warms up. Um, and then they went to electric, like the electric choke. Right. Uh, like a thermoquad. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And the thermoquad is actually where it switched from thermostatic to electric. Um, and the electric choke is objectively the most reliable. But, like, they've, they could have made the electric choke in the 60s. Like... Right, but like technologically, it wasn't reliable enough yet. Like we had no, it totally, good, totally was. We had good EFI in the late fifties, but we couldn't make the components cheap enough, and it wasn't reliable enough in a high vibration and, and temperature. Again, again, there's a difference in a choke and EFI. I know, two but totally different things. They both still use a lot of electric components. As soon as, soon as the is the or the uh, the transistor was mm -hmm. invented, yeah, you could have had electric chokes readily available. There were aftermarket electric chokes that were readily available since then. Right, but still the reliability of early transistors wasn't good, Jesus. and it was it won't be as loud in the recording as it was to yeah. us. But, but it was 20 times the price I, of I, 10 I, years later. Well, what I'm saying is, is they've had this trickle-down where they've had all this technology mm -hmm. that they've been able to make and have chosen yeah. not to. Like, There's a reason why you can take any of these engines that have been in production for a long time and like triple the horsepower out of them. Yeah. Because they've had the technology to make a very reliable engine. They've chosen to put things that are less reliable, the cheapest cost, cost cutting. Yeah, yep. Cheapest yep. cost cutting. Publicly traded companies. Yeah. I mean, that's and what also, you end up with. Like, you also end up with a planned obsolescence. So it's like, uh, you've heard of the light bulb that's been on for like a hundred years at the, mm -hmm. at the fire station. The carbon filament one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because there's a, there's a period of time where like for like two years, like the 19 teens where light bulbs were super reliable before all the light bulb companies got together and said, hey, nobody's buying light bulbs anymore because none of them are burning out. Let's make them a little bit crappier and a little bit cheaper, and then we'll sell more. But, I mean, that was also a carbon filament bulb, which draws, I think, like 30 watts, and it makes the power of, like, a 4-watt incandescent. So yeah. very reliable, very durable, but, like, super inefficient for light production. So, I mean, there is that, but, too. Yeah, but... I Immediately after that, in that era, they got together and they started making crap oh, yeah. carbon filament. No, it happened bulbs. at every yeah. yeah CFLs, LEDs. It happened yeah. to everything. It happens to everything. So, yeah. I think that that's, Teslas. Tesla is <laughs> yeah. That's Tesla is their planned obsolescence. They're just being a super gross company. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is Toyota is going to come out in ten years out of left field with the world's most reliable EV. And just crap on everyone about. And what I hate about this is they're preaching EV vehicles as what's going to save the environment, but with this planned obsolescence, you're creating so like much phones. more waste. Yeah, it's like phones. Mm -hmm. Like if they like with the right to repair laws yeah. with phones, they're mm -hmm. actually pushing those through because that's a. Yep. Well, it's starting anyway, which is great. Yeah. It's it, coming from an environmentalist standpoint. Yeah. They're saying like, yeah, because because we can't fix these. It's like, I think like. Like six hundred and sixty. It's the it, the amount of power that goes into making new phones is the equivalent of taking six hundred and sixty million cars off the road. Yeah, it's just wild. Uh, people fixate on these certain things. It's like, oh, we need to go after X, Y, and Z. I'm like, realistically, if you're not converting uh, tanker ships yeah. to something else, like. 
that's the biggest emissions thing in the entire world. Yeah. Followed by like air travel. So like, yeah, you can pinpoint cars if you want, but like, it's really not the issue. The it, main it's, issue. It's, it's not the, the proletariat's issue. It's you have the, to do production, everything, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you're just you're picking on the easy, like, the easy targets. So many people are like, oh, reduce, reuse, recycle for the individual, but mm-hmm. recycling in the United States is not good enough. It's the corporations. It's the production of these vehicles. It's like. It's it's wild well, to me. Where there's no incentive for them to change, so they're not. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, where and this is something that Tesla I think is really really shitting the bed on, is there is a huge incentive for like, let's say Volkswagen. I don't like Volkswagen as a company, but they do a really good example or really good job of this mm-hmm. of having. Yes, they do have their horrible planned obsolescence, but they also have actually very very good parts availability for their vehicles. Hmm. And so, uh, like, you can get everything you would ever need for a 2OT just readily available right now. Same thing with Subaru. Just two brands that did a really good job of just having parts built. Like, if you need a head gasket for your 92 Legacy, you will. Um, if you need you parts can, for a 2OT, you will. You can just go get it. Like, full second to a lesser extent, I guess. I'm going to use Subaru as a better example because they, they're really the one that, ones that are really good about this sort of they make something, they know it's going to be a problem, and they just have it available. Which is you don't have to go to Subaru even to... more impressive because of all the superseded numbers they have. Exactly, and you don't have to go to Subaru to have the repair done, mm-hmm. but Subaru makes a ton of money off of their parts. Because, people, because yeah, the aftermarket parts do kind of suck. And, like, Subaru do, like, one or two small differences with their head gasket. Yeah, and well, their there's gasket. so many cars stopping to look at Oh, that. there's a uh, very nice Phantom. E30. It sounds like a 318. But, I? yeah, so, like... In my environmental classes, I was the Sounds only like one that was quote unquote against electric cars and mm-hmm. everyone was looking at me like I was absolutely insane. I go, No. Like I was like, I've driven an electric fiat, like I love oh, electric so vehicles. Good. But the issue here is it's producing so much waste and it's not gonna be environmentally friendly unless the electricity you're getting is from an environmentally friendly source which that actually doesn't matter even if it's running on coal but it's always better if the energy is cleaner and also the biggest thing is like well it's a bosch electric motor and nobody can access the controller so what if something goes wrong with that i can't replace that part you have to get a whole new yeah that's the right to repair and that's a big deal so so many people were always like very upset that i was so against and i go no i've driven an, uh, an electric fiat I like one of my really close friends owns it and he charges it using sustainable electricity sources and mm-hmm. it's still not as environmentally friendly as my older gas car. And that's that's from your right to repair. Yeah. yeah and that's it's just like exactly what it is. And they didn't understand and I think it was because they weren't car people because they were just like I was like, my... Their head's in the right place, but yeah, nobody yeah. does any research. And I was like, well, and you have to do public transportation and all these different things. This is, this is the thing that's like so greasy about right to repair mm-hmm. and Tesla is, all these companies, is like, it's not a soundbite issue. No. Like, no. it's not something you can sum up in one sentence. Like, but it's a complex issue, so how do you deal with it? Yeah. Ex- my... it like, you cannot explain this to the American public in this way. Like, you need to, like, it, you need documentaries. It's like, it's it's like climate change. And I think we're finally getting to that point with right to repair where similar to climate t- change, it took like 20 years for us to like figure out a way to co- cohesively explain it to the American public. And even then you get the head in the sand people still. Yeah. yeah. And I think with this right to repair thing, and like, I'm not saying that the right to repair people are the same people, but it, there's different no, but people. Like, like everyone is affected by cell phones and computers yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And like, that has to annoy everyone at least to some degree. Yeah. And if you can get that across, like this is what this is. 
It's just like trying to cut down on the amount of just unnecessary gross profit yeah. from these companies just because they want to. Yeah. And, what, and the thing is, there's a way to make a bunch of money with right to repair. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the Subaru part, did like, it. To like, your point, with the parts for yeah, Subaru. Subaru, like, they did a great job. You do one or two small things different that make a huge difference in reliability and ease of installing. Take this phone, for instance. It's an iPhone 11 Pro. Mm-hmm. If Apple sold the OE shell for this yeah. phone and OE tools to change out and code a logic board, yeah. people would buy that crap, even oh, yeah. though it's all, probably arguably more money than this phone is worth. Yeah. and I, th- Just that's to keep a, it going. And that that's kind of the thing is, like, but... You know, part sales is, it's very difficult to get a boardroom to see that. Yeah. With, oh, it is. Yeah. Because, A, the, it may not make you more money. It probably won't. And if it does, it takes way longer to get there. And I think with Subaru, with Subaru being a, again, their their own company, like. And, and they also have environmental friendly goals, too. Yeah. I mean, everybody says that. But like, Subaru actually takes yeah. it to heart. Uh, yeah, I guess they, they do. They, they do, actually. No they do take that. that to heart. Subaru is. Uh, a really good company for environmentalism. And Mercedes is too, but they never talk about it. Mercedes, I believe, is already completely carbon neutral with all of their production, which is insane. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, I love Mercedes. Yes. It's just... Yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. That's like whenever I was taking my environmental sciences class, my professors loved me because I genuinely understood a lot of the concepts of like, yes, we want to make everything green, but what's the cost? Critical thinking. Whereas like... So many of the students were like, just about, like, no, you need to reduce, reuse, recycle, and we need to go electric and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we need to update our public transportation before we even think about going all electric. Seriously. Like, it's just like, and everyone, like, it was, it, it's so funny when I get in these debates because it's always me versus the entire class. And I'm like, I got sources and they just get so angry. And I'm like, no, you got to look at How it. How dare you use facts and evidence? And, yeah. Well, and it's the thing is, that it's, it's not that we're against EV. It's like we're a very no, e- pro EV podcast. Absolutely. It's just that we are a very pro EV podcast for our reasons. Yeah. Like we don't, we, don't, we don't come up with with just nonsense of why like God, we, no. we don't try we don't try to hide behind i argue with people on the ev groups all the time because they're yeah. posting about like somebody with a bolt they had like a nissan ultima and a bolt and they had this like handwritten log of stuff going over how much less this ev costs to run i'm like what about your super much higher insurance costs what about your car payment yeah. costs yeah. what about your electricity and all this stuff what about all this and that the fluids for it and, like, I just got reamed on the Minnesota EV group. Mm. Like, I'm like, no, you, you, you are absolutely paying more to drive an EV. Yeah. Even though you're not paying for gas. I'm yeah. like, I'm oh, yeah. still, like, 100% on board with you buying that and maintaining it. Mm-hmm. But, like, don't lie to yourself. shut the hell up. Don't, you're, yeah. lying to, you're not only lying to me, but you're lying to yourself. Like, and also yeah. other people that are going to be misguided and they'll just keep spreading this pompous bullshit around to everyone else. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, you, you are not helping the dynamic and the aesthetic or the, like, the cachet of the EV brand. Like, yeah. you really need, I don't know. We need to make I'm just salty, EVs, but. like, accessible before. And, I, I, again, and Tesla's is kind of trying to be that luxury brand a, a major a major part of this that a lot of people like it comes to the right to repair laws oh i'm hearing voices Sorry. yeah, yeah. The, the, the right to repair laws are very important for like making this like actually make sense and i think that with this right to repair legislation and this lawsuit with tesla like that's a step in the right direction yeah i think, think 1.5 1. 1. million is too low it no, is it's entirely way too low but i think once these right to repair laws are past because the issue is 
there's already right to repair loss for cars. Mm-hmm. No, we're recording a podcast. Oh, sorry. Um, but like if with the these rights with these right to repair laws, um, obvious things are hard. Yeah, with these right to repair laws, it's very important to. Um, remember, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find my train of thought I, after that. Yeah. 1.5 is yeah, too thanks. much. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I was trying to say was, there's already right to repair laws for cars. Right. And but they're the, really shitty ones. And when you run these EVs, you're running into the fact there's no right to repair laws for electronics. And right. that's our issue, because these are all electronics. Like, and once we have those, phones, cars, everything's going to get changed. Yeah, and I think that's why they're starting really broad. Yeah. And like at like a, a low level because we really have to get something in place before we can start ratifying it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I, I love the Model S. It's a great beater, great daily. I have no reason to ever really think about changing out except for the fact the amount of issues I have with the center screen in that thing. I can't just buy another one and put it in. I have yeah. no access to tools, and I'm a pretty good person when it comes to coding vehicles and yeah. mechanical stuff. Yeah. That center screen is like, I am completely at the mercy of whatever the service center says I can and cannot do with it. And it controls the majority of the function in the car. Yeah, and that's where... I hate that. Yeah, that's the right to repair thing. I think that... Sell me the tools. I don't care if they're ten I, grand. I, I'm, like, really annoyed that... Nobody's talking about it. Like they talk about a marketplace. They talk mm-hmm. about it on Make Me Smart. Like NPR does a really good job actually covering right, right to repair. I'm sure. But nobody else. Like, nobody. Like, yeah, and farmer podcasts do, it's actually. because it's not Weird spicy. Enough. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird in the weeds You're kind not going to make thing. right to repair sexy. I, I think the best way to describe it is Farmer Bob. Like trying to oh, repair yeah, his John Deere. John Deere. That's, and like that's a very good way to do it because um, John Deere does not hit you with right to repair on the engine. It's the electronics that go to it where that's not covered by right to repair. There's a very good reason yeah, why the I, first actual legislation to come forth in the United States to pass is from a John Deere tractor yeah, in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this quote originated from, but they have this painted on the wall at Free Geek, which is like a thrift shop. I do shop love that place. For, it's such a great place. Um, electronics, <laughs> and it says that like Free plug you for them. you do not own something if you cannot fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you, yeah, it's and you can't just say LS swap it. I think what I find humorous about this is like it right to repair. This will be your last thing before you move on. Right to repair is like a super capitalist thing, but like they've gone so capitalist, it it's became a communist <laughs> thing because it's now the, the people's, by the people's, I mean the company's thing. Yeah. Like it just went all the way around and now it's like, I don't even know my thing anymore. That's how capitalist we are. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, uh, this is yeah. a Speaking really of good terrible companies, topic. let's talk about Audi. Okay. Um, so Audi sucks. I've said this for they, years. They do. We all agree on this. But uh, so there's a YouTuber that was using an RS6 press car to save people and like bring like rescuers That's to amazing. the floods in Germany, which are a really big deal. Really great because this is the RS6 Avant. Avant. It's Lots a wagon. Oh. It's not a truck. It's saying, "Look what this great wagon can do." Oh, I love that. And you know what? Audi uh, said, "Bring it back unscathed." Like, this is not what press vehicles are issued for. It better be re-delivered in immaculate condition. So, Toyota, remember that man, saved yeah. people with his truck. His personal Tundra. His personal Tundra, yeah. and they gave him a new one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they even offered to repair his current one as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what, you guys should put it in a museum. But and they did. Audi got mad. Audi got mad at him because they suck. But and you know is... what? 
This could have been such a good precedent. I know, I totally could have. But you know what? Every time I I say that Audi and Volkswagen sucks and they're a garbage <laughs> They will find a way cars, to screw it up. And, like, people go and they, they're like, you know what? No, Audi's a cool company. I like Audi. Look at their cool cars. No, Audi sucks. You suck for liking them. And everything about Volkswagen, Audi, and their community of dick swingers fucking sucks. Everything about Audi sucks. There's no reason to like Audi. You, they don't like you. Nope. Why do you like them? Yeah. There's a million other cars that can fucking do the same job. You're just job. a walking, unfolding wallet full of cash. To you want to RS uh, Audi S4? Go mm-hmm. find a Lexus. There's got to be a Lexus that's equivalent to S4. I know there's a BMW that's equivalent to oh, an yeah. S4. Oh yeah, you can you can get an IS350 rear wheel drive. Yeah, there's an S4 that is a uh, RS8. You can get an Alpina uh, X7, whatever the X7 Alpina thing is. That would be RS8. There's no reason to buy an Audi. There's what? no reason to buy a Volkswagen. What is an RS8? RS8's their big truck. The Q7? No, the, the, not the RS8. It's a... Oh, damn it. They made a uh, R version of the Q8. Oh, the RSQ8. Yeah, yeah. RSQ8. RSQ8. My brain... That was the, that was the, the Nürburgring truck. Yeah, that's, the, that's what the Anus and the Kind Turbo is based on. Yeah, and so you can mm-hmm. not have an Audi. You can go by the BMW, the Alpina. There's so yeah. many... This whole company... This is the grossest... I would buy a fucking tesla over this company <laughs> knowing how yeah. gross tesla is because while well, i use them as an example for the uh 2.0 t in hindsight i'm not gonna i'm gonna redact that because actually the 2.0 t is because of several lawsuits that they had about that engine and why they still have parts available for it i'm gonna read the quotes that audi sent to this journalist this was not the purpose of the test car. We sincerely hope that the car will come back in flawless condition, said the email from Audi. Towards the end of the video, Misha apologizes for, and I quote, using it for not intended purposes and promises to be more careful with future cars from Audi in the test fleet. So the journalist apologized to Audi. I would for not this have too. apologized. I know that, but this is probably somebody that's very easily getting shit on by you know manufacturers. And if you lose a press car from yeah. one, you lose it. I mean, it's it's one. I know it is conglomeration that it issues is. press cars. So. I, this is also but this why sort of thing, like, this, this is be the possible. sort of thing is when I was first kind of getting into automotive journalism, and like I very quickly um, moved away from. OEMs because they're just like they're gross and this is bullshit. Yep. Um. Absolutely. I would. I would. Uh, this. I would die on this hill if I was this guy, because, or you know what? No. Every review I'd ever give them would be a horrific review forever mm-hmm. for the rest of time. I would Jeremy Clarkson the shit out of them. Where Jeremy remember Clark- that one time that they Jeremy Clarkson's the sort of guy who's like not afraid to shit on a company for the rest of their existence, <laughs> yeah. and I fully. For all of his flaws, that's my favorite thing about him, is he will find one reason to just continuously shit on a company for the rest of history. They could do anything in the world, and that's one of those things. Everybody should shit on Audi. Fuck this company. Fuck Audi, and fuck you if you like him. God, I hate them so much. You might have exceeded your F-bombs for one episode. I did. I'm so mad about Audi. They're like such a gross company, because like, on top of this, they do like so many other like not headline gross things. Like, just people, when they hear about the 2OT, there's so many times where it's just random people that worked at Good Karma that were like, I thought these were good cars. I'm like, I don't know where you got that idea. No, that's just incorrect. That's just wrong. They're not good cars. And I'd say, like, if you ever see a brand where there is a brand-specific repair shop, don't buy that brand. And if you see a bunch of brands, like, you, you don't. I'm still going back to check and see what a used engine costs for the car. 
that's a very good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all you well, I would do. just say Lexus repair shop. And if you see somewhere that says like this is a repair shop that specifically repairs Lexuses, like there's one. I've seen one ever. And it was in that was in Tennessee. There just must be no dealers nearby. There's not. <laughs> it's actually like Keith sent me a photo. I was gonna say like He's that like, makes I no sense. I saw a Lexus repair shop, and I'm like, they do just Lexus. He's like, well, they do Lexus, Acura, and Infinity. I'm like, okay, so this is totally just a normal repair shop that's totally cashing in on that. Yeah. yeah. But like, if you see a shop that does Volkswagen and Audi, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you see, you a, check in back there. Yeah, like there were repair shops that did just MG. There were repair shops that did just Fiat. Before they came back. Yep. These shops have since gone out of like business. Like English There's, car repair? There is just Saab specialists. There are... But you don't see just a Toyota specialist. And in some of those cases, it's mainly because the dealer network's vanished. But, but in the case of like the Fiat exist, or the MG, it didn't if it, have If it. it's an existing yeah. brand. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. There's a dealer and there's an Audi-specific repair shop down the road. Yeah. Maybe maybe think twice. And I think with Audi, is like... in. The Twin Cities alone, I can think of... I'm not saying Eurocar, but I'm saying specifically Volkswagen Audi. Gyrocar. Specifically Volkswagen Audi repair shops. I can think mm-hmm. of three off the top of my head. Oh, easily. Oh, God, yeah. Like, there's, there's three headlines where they outright refuse to work on other makes. You have SCI, you have Further, you have Good Karma. There's three. Van Gogh. There's Van Gogh. There's four. There's got to be other ones I'm missing. There are. But, like, if there's a brand where... Further? Oh, you already said that. Yeah, <clears throat> but if there's a brand where you have... Like, or, I guess. Or is BMW. Yeah, yeah they do BMW as well. And Eurotech started that way, but now they're working. Now they're oh, whores. Jesus. I'm keep... <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm you emoting too much with my hands today. It's just, I hate Volkswagen Audi so much. It's just... I am and, waiting for the first thing to break on Scott's ID4. And, like, my thing is, like, with them is, like, you can drive a Volkswagen Audi. That's fine. You can like that specific car. If you call yourself a fan of that company... Like, if you objectively say, this is my favorite car company, they are the best car company, mm-hmm. and you don't qualify that with, they are really gross, like, no, you're just a dick slinger. Like, like you're, just, you're just hanging off of their nuts and just suckling off the sweat. I think like, all awful. major auto manufacturers are in that pool, though. Even good ones like Toyota. Like, it's still, like, they're not a good company. I will still, it's still I'll a publicly give, traded will, company. I'll give Toyota, like, I, I'm not afraid to say that. They're well, they still, have a PR department that functions. They have a functional PR department. They are objectively relatively better. They are better. But, but I'm just saying it's still as a far giant, as being, faceless, nameless company that really being, has profits in mind. No, they're not um, immune. I was going to say Ben and Jerry's, but Ben and Jerry's kind of sucks. Um, yeah, uh, what is a genuinely good company? Shannon, what's a really genuinely good company? Toyota. No. We just oh. said not Toyota. Oh, not Toyota? I mean, they're really good as far as a car company is concerned. But it's objectively a good company. I guess Subaru. Like That's that, a car company. No, it can't be a car oh, company. No, I'm not, I mean, like, Subaru Corp. Um, oh, like, no, an no, objectively Fuji, like, good company? Just, like, a company Fuji that does good. Oh, I don't know. I can't really think of one. And because, that's kind of a problem. Okay, because what happens is you think of one, but then you look at their parent companies and go, oh. I'm going to say Ben & Jerry's. Because let's, let's go with Ben & Jerry's. Try, they try, at least. And when their one thing was, that, they, all right, the thing with Palestine. Aside from Palestine, they're aside a, from Palestine, they're, for being a company, they're, they're fine. They're they're a fine company, other than the Palestine thing, and even that was like them trying to tread the line. Can I repair my ice cream cone? Yeah. Well, I mean, their their issue was uh, like as far as like 
if they have an issue with a with something, they try to go out right. of their way to fix it. And they started with high quality, yeah, this they, and that, and yeah, good they, processes and sustainability. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they really trying, had yeah. their head, at least had their head in the right place. Yeah. And then they did the whole Palestine thing, which was gross. And even that's yeah. like, you get caught up in the politics of that. It's a very, as a Jewish person, it's very easy to get caught up in the politics yeah. of that. Yeah, and but so, just like as a company that promotes like a bunch of like pro-social justice things, it was kind of like, a, oh, pump the brakes. Like, yeah, but I mean, again, again, again it's just like they're, they're also, also a company. So, yeah. like so he, there's a lot of politics with yeah. that. So I'm gonna say Ben Jerry's is still a pretty good company overall. I'm gonna yeah. say yeah, probably. But I'd say also Fuji Heavy Industries does. They're a company that hasn't had any major scandals, and they like yeah, their CEO they didn't have, fly out of the country in an instrument case. Yeah. yeah, and they haven't like when they do have a problem, they try to at least attempt to they fix fail, it. They fail, but they do try. And if they do, they make the the repair, when they do finally figure it out, they make it readily available. Except even... for electronics still, because yeah. they're still a huge faceless corporation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, yeah. So, but... I mean, nobody's perfect, but yeah, as far as car companies go, yeah, like a, a Subaru's parent company or Toyota, they're, they're better, because better. we've seen them do things with but, their PR department yeah, to at least make attempt. people you make the have attempt. some brand loyalty. Whereas Volkswagen, like, that's a company that has ab- like actual disdain for you as a person. Oh like, yeah. They go at- mm-hmm. like with- when I was working at Good Karma, there were times where people from Volkswagen corporate forced us. Like, so you said the sign used to say Good Karma Volkswagen Audi and Subaru repair, mm-hmm. and Volkswagen said that we could not put their name, so we had to remove that from our actual sign. So you just put like VW? No, it just says Good Karma. If you drive past Good Karma, it just says Good Karma. Hmm. Because Volkswagen was like, gross about it. I hate that. Yeah, it's, they're just such a disgusting I company. Think there's a lot of our society that needs to slingshot. Like, it's just been, yeah. since the origin of, like, the horseless motor carriage to now, like, we've just been slipping the entire time. Like, we need to level out a little bit. Yeah, so. so. I, think, uh, I think I've had enough ranting on this That's fine. episode. I went ahead and, without asking, moved everything else to the other episode. Yeah, we, so. we were ranting about everything, and the next episode's going to be... A bunch of smaller topics. More, more car stuff. More less, car stuff. Less, uh, basically, politics. So thanks.